0: Thank you for joining us for this episode. Today we're going to be talking with Dr. Elise Kramer from Miami on how to build a referral based practice from scratch in less than three years on the Optometric Insights Show. Um. Us for this episode of the Optometric Insight Show, we're here with Dr. Elise Kramer, who is uh, who is in Miami, and she's got two practices that are largely around especially contact lenses and anterior segment uh, disease. The Miami and the West End Contact Lens Institute. Did I get that right? Yes. Yes. You did. <laughs> uh, and uh, Dr. Kramer has really uh, helped uh, in the contact lens world. Uh, particularly around contact lens education. And she's been a phenomenal advocate for contact lenses. She's uh, the, uh, I believe the education chair, the public education chair for the Scleral Lens Institute. Uh, She's been um, the Scleral Lens Education Society, excuse me. She's been really impactful with the AOA and the, uh, and, uh, the BCLA. Uh, as, as well as um, the Italian contact lens association if i if i'm saying that correctly so we're very honored to have you thank you for joining us for the optometric insight show dr Kramer.
1: thank you so much for having me it's such an honor to be here and speaking with you um and to have this opportunity so to...
0: yeah well cool so let's let's uh, get into a little bit of your history you've got this amazing little uh, process that you've gone through to getting into into practice. I believe that you graduated in 2012. And now fast forward 9-10 years later, you've got two practices. Can you give us about a a two-minute blurb of your path from graduation, residency, to being a double practice owner?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, it, it didn't happen overnight. Um, and uh, it's, I would say it's kind of a non-traditional path that you would normally expect from, you know, an optometrist, I guess, a, a regular, uh, just standard optometrist. So basically, what I did is I went to the University of Montreal, I studied in French over there. Um, and then I, when I was doing one of my externships here in South Florida, I applied for residency. I wanted to try living in Florida for personal reasons, and I decided to pursue a residency. I wanted to learn more. Um, the island of Montreal, you know, a lot of people are extremely healthy, so I didn't really see much pathology when I was there. I had a lot of contact lens experience, um, you know, with keratoconus and corneal transplants because we had like a high level of contact lens at school. But unfortunately, I felt like I was lacking a little bit in ocular disease. And so I wanted to do a residency in that. And so I applied to the Miami VA, which is a joint program with Baskin Palmer Eye Institute, in which you kind of spend time at both um, places. And that's the uh, residency I pursued. And while I was there, I actually got to spend a lot of time with a cornea specialist and did a lot of specialty lenses. And she's actually a huge researcher in, in dry eye as well. So I got to see a lot of very interesting cases and work more and more with contact lenses. And, um, I decided just right after residency to start my own practice. I was filling in at different places. Um, you know, just to kind of build up um, the revenue on the side. But my goal was to have a full time, you know, private practice. So at the beginning, what I did is I actually rented space from an optician. So, uh, you know, I was just doing specialty lenses in the back there, I was getting a few referrals and kind of marketing myself online. And then after that, Um, I realized it. I I needed to expand a little bit. So I went and rented space from an ophthalmologist. Mm -hmm. And while I was doing that, I also decided to shadow someone um, in my area who does specialty lenses just to get like a feel of it and the labs and everything. And after that, uh, I decided to continue specialty lenses through this ophthalmology office. And then shortly after that, I realized I needed my own space. So I opened my own space um, in which the idea was just that specialty lenses, dry eye, myopia management. And then two years after opening that practice, I decided to take over another practice that was a specialty lens practice already established. And the owner was uh, looking to retire. So I took it over.
0: hmm Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I think a non-traditional path certainly that you're taking is many people will wait a year to five years to get into the practice of their dreams when they graduate. Mila and I go to a lot of the optometry schools and, you know, many of you that are listening have heard us kind of talk about this is how can we hit the gas pedal and accelerate where we need to get to? And that was something that you had in mind. You figured out what kind of practice you wanted. And you just kind of tore down the barriers that were keeping you and you started small and, you know, you didn't have a lot of business experience in doing it and look at where you are now. What what would you say to, to individuals who think that they need to wait five, 10 years after they graduate to do what they want to do?
1: I guess I was just afraid of getting comfortable, like comfortable kind of in a nine to five and then just getting paid what I want. And, you know, I knew I wanted to have kids and like, I was just afraid that if I did that right away, that I would just kind of get stuck there. And I I think that was my biggest fear. And I'm not speaking for everyone. I'm sure some people can do five or 10 years and, you know, uh, working for someone and then kind of branch off on their own. But in my case, I just thought I would get too comfortable. And Mm -hmm. so I decided to just do it right off the bat, even though it was a financial sacrifice for sure. Um, and your I did start very small. I had I remember I, I had like two patients a week at the beginning. Not I'm not joking. And it's scary because you know you really have to believe in yourself and you really have to believe in what you're doing. And I think that's the key. I think it, it really comes down to what do you want? You know, and if your ultimate goal is to have your own practice. I don't think there's a special way to do it. I think if that's your ultimate goal, you should just start and do it. And it's scary, but I don't believe, and I, I haven't taken any business classes or anything like that, or very little, um, but I don't believe that you can really have success without risk. And it, it is scary and it's intimidating sometimes, but I would really just encourage the young Graduating optometrist, look, if this is your ultimate goal, you can do
0: it. Yeah. I think that's so true. I love that. No success without risk. I think that's, uh, that's brilliant. So true. So, your practice is largely around anterior segment and contact lenses. When you first started off, you were seeing specialty contact lens patients and so forth. How, how did you kind of grow your practice? What are some of the things that you did? Take us through two patients a week. To um, leaving, you know, the places that you were, and moving up all along the way, right? Because you're in these little leases that are kind of keeping you locked in, and, and then growing okay. into where the, the the space that you have now. And I've seen some of the pictures online, and it's you know a beautiful practice. It's like you know your baby now, right?
1: Exactly. So I have, it's funny because I have like one baby that's like my biological one because I created it from scratch and the other one's kind of adopted, you know, but I love them both. It's very interesting. Um, But I think, yeah, at the beginning um, I did have like a side kind of job, but I realized that when I was working almost like I think eight to four somewhere else, I had very little time and energy to focus on my practice. And as you said, I was renting space, I rented space in an optical. And the problem was that, you know, the goal of this optician was to have me sell glasses.
0: Glasses.
1: But patients came out seeing so well with their contact lenses, uh, you know, they were putting, put into these multifocal soft, and they were like, you know, like revolutionize them or, Um, I I would put them in scleral lenses and they would be super happy that either they just didn't want glasses anymore or they just already spent over their budget. So they were not looking for glasses. So the optician didn't really like that. And I understand, you know, and then what happened is I decided to rent space from an ophthalmologist, but the problem with that was, and that ophthalmologist is a cornea specialist, but the problem with that was that I wasn't getting referrals anymore from other ophthalmologists. And I think Mm -hmm. that's one of the things that, you know, you really have to be neutral. You really have to get, try to get referrals from a lot of ophthalmologists. And I was, you know, you can't expect to get referrals from one ophthalmologist to another ophthalmologist that does the same thing. And I understand that, you know, Um, but that's really why I went off on my own. And I think that um, you know one key thing is 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 marketing yourself online um, as much as possible, but also to local doctors, ophthalmologists, um, especially cornea specialists, but all ophthalmologists in general
0: yeah, yeah so walk us through what that means. so how did you develop a, a referral network? What were the things that you did to develop that referral network and how do you uh, how do you kind of feed that and support that network because they're still referring to you, right?
1: They are, and I think that they're also wanting referrals, you know, for cataract surgery or cross-linking or um, you know even retina procedures if, if you know if you're seeing retina or glaucoma. And I think that the referrals need to go both ways. So yeah. I try to I try to leave things out of my scope on purpose, even though I trained, you know, I was with at Baskin Palmer training in glaucoma mm-hmm. for a year. I don't want to do it because I want to leave it to someone else. And what I do as I constantly reach out to these doctors, I maintain relationships with them. I have dinner with them. I have lunch with them. I constantly refer them patients. I even like bring them goodies. Sometimes it's not bribing, you know, it's, it's really just maintaining sure, it's
0: thanking them, right? It's thanking them, not bribing them, yeah
1: and it, it's 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 just kind of maintaining a good relationship with these people. And then, um, I think that doing a residency where I live actually helped me kind of get my door my foot in the door just by knowing some ophthalmologists. I was training with some ophthalmologists who later opened up their own practice in in this area or who knew or, or introduced me to other people in this area. And I've maintained relationships ever since. So nine years later.
0: Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I, I sure appreciate you sharing a little bit about how you grew your practice to be where it is, develop this specialty within what, it what you are. And I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll be able to talk a little bit more about it at some point. Um, so uh, everyone, if, if, if you want to see a little bit more about Dr. Kramer's practice, are you willing to share your website and so forth with our with our tribe? Um, yeah. I'll have Dr. Kramer get her website and her information. I've looked at it. It's a beautiful website. her practice is you know fantastic. She's got great testimonials on there. If you're looking on how to build a website, this is a great way. I'll link those in the show notes below so everybody can. Uh, can see those and learn a little bit more about how to grow a specialty lens practice. Thank you again, Dr. Kramer, for joining us for this episode of the Optometric Insight Show. Make sure to like and subscribe and uh, tune in next time for more episodes. Thank you.